Welcome to the 239th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on July 1st, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who survived the great heat death of 2021, Carlos Rodella. That's right, I did. We we survived, Brad. We Survivors, did. baby. We made it through. We made it through a lot, by the way. Like, recently? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's been kind of a shit year, yes, honestly. <laughs> well, shit year and a half at this point. Like, yep. I feel like mini apocalypse is here. Like, it's not like the full-on one where there's a Grim Reaper flying through the streets, but it's like pretty close. It's one thing after another. It's been kind of a miserable year. Yeah, there's, I mean, we've had COVID. We just had this uh, this heat apocalypse, which is kind of still going on. I'm sure there's lots of forest fires and stuff coming up soon. We're right on the verge of a fascist takeover of the United States. I mean, there's a lot of shit going down right now. Yeah, and actually last year we did have, remember, a lot of smoke and we couldn't even like Oh my leave. God. I, got, I looked at pictures from uh, last year. And it was nuts. Like, it was so orange and red. And me and my son were in smoke masks trying to go to Trader Joe's to get some stuff. And we're like, looked like we just were like coming out of like, uh, uh, you know, fallout or something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like we just stepped out of a vault. It was ridiculous. Dude, I remember this. I was telling my friend about it the other day. We we're kind of uh, going back through all the horrors that we've had to live through recently. And uh, on my phone during that time with the smoke here in Seattle, it was like, you know, they have, like, little smiley face, as, like, uh, guide on how clean the air is. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, like, little smiling, not so smiling, like, frowning. Was ours like, the was, angry face was flipping you off? No, no, ours was X's in their eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. the person was dead and poisoned. <laughs> oh, that's... I mean, true biz, though, dude. That's... Honestly, that's how it was. I remember how terrible it was. And my lungs are not great. My wife has asthma, so that was, like, even worse. I mean, a lot of people have breathing issues. You couldn't see. It was red. I mean, that's terrible. I hope we don't go through that again. But even if we don't have the same smoke, we've already got a lot. Go- our, our plate is pretty fucking full right now. So whew, let's keep our fingers crossed for the rest of this year, brother. Oh, and one more thing on that heat wave. Um, and yes, my fingers are crossed. I went to hotels during it. So I was like, I, I booked hotels in you advance. You were smart. Staycation with AC. Yeah. And it was pretty good. It was a little weird with the hotels because uh, they were all full. Of like people and animals, a lot of animals. People were bringing their animals, which is everybody getting out of the heat, just like you. Yeah, nice. And um, and but I wanted to experience it because it said every thousand years or something this happens. So I was like, well, I better go out and experience it and see what it's like. So I went out a couple times, and the time I went out when it was the hottest, supposedly uh, at all, like period, full stop. And it was like one hundred eight or one hundred nine, and it said it felt like one fifteen. And my arms were, like, sizzling a little bit. Yeah. Like, it just felt like I could feel it hurting me. <laughs> you should have put bacon around your arms before you walked outside. Just, like, a little wristband of bacon. And oh, yeah, and then had a little snack. Around. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Anyways, it was horrid. And, um, yeah, I'm glad we're on the other side of it. Well, you know, I know a lot of people um, have been saying, oh, it's the it's that once every 10 years. It's that once every 1,000 years. Honestly, that's horseshit, dude. We are seeing global warming. It's going to just get worse from here on out. And a lot of people have said, you know, oh, this is the hottest summer of my life. That may be true, but let's put it in a new perspective for the listeners out there. This year, which has already been fucking miserable, this will be the coldest summer for the rest of your life. So think about it that way. What? Oh, that's it's only a depressing gonna get worse. thought. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's that's where we're at right now. So I don't want to ever talk about that again on this podcast <laughs> because it's only going to make me have like fever nightmares or whatever. <laughs> um, so the other thing that I will say before we leave this topic forever, there's a Twilight Zone episode that's yes. about this. I think I've seen it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. And I will never watch it again because it scarred me when it happened. And we weren't near global warming. I was like, you know, I saw it probably in the 80s or something. Exactly. And it was horrific. And it's about, you know, the earth getting hotter. So uh, if you want to get scared straight, I don't know what that means in this context. (laughs) But watch that Twilight Zone episode where the earth gets hotter because it's, I mean, it's. It's a fucking documentary now. Oh. Okay, we're never talking about that again. Let's talk about video games. Let's talk about video games. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We got a full load that we will be going through. But before we do that, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. Carlos, uh, you know that we share a house. It's divided down the middle by a strip of duct tape. Uh, my house, my side of the house. I've only got one thing. You got anything on your side of the house? I have two little boxes. All right, why don't you move your little boxes out of here, then I'll get rid of my one thing, and then we will get into the main content of the show. What you got today? Okay, really simply, I just want to make a statement about this because I am also angry, and uh, someone else on Twitter was angry about it. I forgot who it was, whoever tweeted it. But uh, it was just announced recently that Elder Scrolls Six is just in... Get this. It's just now, just now, in the planning phase. Oh, wow. Okay, so <laughs> let me put a, a little uh, asterisk on this, a little oomph. Ten years ago is when Skyrim came out. So video games take a while, all right? You know that. You, Brad and I are like friends of developers. We love it. Take your time. Make your vision. Ten years is a long time. That's a really healthy amount of time. It's a healthy amount of time. You say five years, you go, yo, you made a pretty good game then, right? Cool. Let's see it. Uh, Ten is a weird amount of time. It's I think it's kind of a mismanaged amount of time. It's you almost like a, like a, a revival. It's almost like a, we're bringing it back. Right. Instead of a making a sequel, we're we're resurrecting it. It's kind yeah. Of, that's, Remember that's this old gem from your past? From 10 years ago. Remember that? You liked that 10 years ago. So then you go, it's in its planning phase? <laughs> what the? What? They've been busy, though, man, because, you know, we, we, we've seen them do all this Fallout 76 stuff with varying degrees of success they've had a couple of their small games going on they got bought by microsoft that probably rocked a few boats and they've also i mean the thing that they only just now are talking about is uh what is it starfield starfield, is that right? starfield? yeah they probably I, put every every person they had on starfield without really talking about it and put elder scrolls on hold i mean that makes perfect sense to me i know they did but there's two things to that one I, again i've worked at developers and i've worked with them in small teams and know how much you can do with 20 or 30 people they have a fuck ton more than that, right? And you just think they would have, like our apartment or house we have, siloed it a little bit, split it apart, and said, hey, I don't know, why not at least 50 of you who worked on Skyrim go plan? <laughs> go go, uh, go do the planning phase now, you know, for the next, I don't know, f- five, six years. It just seems weird to me because, yeah, they, they everybody, all hands on deck, were for Starfield, but I just, I'm a little perturbed about that because... I mean... And- Think about it this way, right? Like, it takes a certain kind of person with a certain kind of vision to make a really good game. Like, anybody can make a crap game, right? But to make a really good one, maybe there's only, like, a handful of people at Bethesda who've got that juice. And maybe all those people were busy. You can't just put any schmo in charge of I know, of but that I don't... Stuff. That's an interesting point of view, but I don't agree with it because... <laughs> because why? This is the reason. Skyrim's not that great. <laughs> like... 
Like straight up, uh, I love the shit. I appreciate out of that your game. candor, man. I appreciate that honesty. Well, because here's the thing: it's really, really fun and addictive, and one of my most favorite games of all time. It doesn't mean it's like the best game that you need like geniuses working on. So that's why I don't believe that argument. Because <laughs> everybody listening at Bethesda's blood just started to boil. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't because Fallout Three or whatever, you know, wasn't like amazing either. Like it was very fucking good, and it was one of my favorite games. But it was so many bugs. We all know this. This is not like sure, rocket science, sure. right? So I'm just saying the same thing. Skyrim's a little janky game that we all really fucking love. And here's my last point. I mean, not me, but go ahead. Okay, which is crazy, by the way. <laughs> uh, I love it, and that's why, you know, you can talk shit about things you love. Um, here's the last thing I'll say about it. It's just money on the table because that game is selling, it, it continuing to sell on every platform, including your phone or something, you know? So it just seems weird that, like, you're going to hang every fucking person and work to have them work on a new IP, which I love, instead of you know going to this thing that obviously could print you money. So I mean, if they're still printing money with it, then maybe why why mess Ugh. with it? Because you know every child born these days in the he delivery room is Skyrim. handed a copy of Skyrim, yes, so it's like true. they're still making money. They <laughs> make they money on every it. newborn baby. That's literally um, every child. It's like they get immunized, they get yep. that first taste of mother's milk, and then they get a Skyrim. It's well, right they get there. the slap too, and then they get the Skyrim. They, probably they get right slapped with slapped. Skyrim. Yes. It's yeah. Oh, they, yeah, but it's a box copy for some yep, reason. Exactly. It's a disc. You know, bap, little bap. Ooh, that'll hurt them. I'm gonna take that snippet that we just said and make it something on social media because that was funny. One more thing for you is. Uh, I did go back to Mass Effect Andromeda okay. because uh, last episode I talked about beating the trilogy. And if you listen to the uh, spoiler at the end, I talked about the ending. Well, I was just so hyped on Mass Effect and I wanted to remember or see if I remembered Andromeda like I thought I did. Yes. So I, I, I loaded it back up, right? And also, I think there was some DLC that I hadn't done or some like extra. Oh, I didn't know it even got DLC. Well, not DLC, but kind of like, you know how they do the, all the add-on is that, stuff? Is that a patch you mean? Might be a patch or like patch. just different gears and stuff or different. I like... love that a patch for that game is now called DLC. That's amazing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it was just extra shit, like you know, like uh, maybe different uh, clothes or something like that. I don't know anything that I hadn't experienced. I want to check out. Sure, sure. So I jump back in and I'll say this: I do like it just as much as I thought I did. Um, okay. The thing that I don't like as much. Okay, so the things I like as much is the combat is like superior. Right, it is actual combat where you can jump. Holy shit! There's an idea. I did like the jumping. I will say that you can jump. You can do all these really instead of just giving all your biotic powers to your teammates in the other games. In this game, you are actually doing a ton of biotic powers. And one of my favorite things, if you remember, I don't know if you if you uh, had this one, is you can do the thing where you basically do the Mortal Kombat get over here, and instead of you bringing them to you, you jump over to them immediately. And, like, hit him with a melee attack. I don't know if I had that one, but that sounds pretty cool. It's so fun. It's like, you know, me and melee. So I used that, and as soon as I got that power again, I was like, oh, yeah, this is way more fun to do, like, minute-to-minute combat. And also, just the world looks... I mean, it's obviously made later, right? Right, right. Uh, the world just looks more real and, and, and realized and beautiful. So there's a lot to like about it. But the things I didn't like about it was even though they updated the character faces, you know, so they weren't as shitty. Yeah. Um, they still look weird. Like there's something wrong with them. Like they're a little claymation-y looking. Uh, so I did think that that was a little weird. Not the aliens. They look fine. But people, humans <laughs> looked a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I do um, remember the faces. Yeah. And the character creator is not good. Like it's like bad. 
um, like I, I didn't like I all my character uh, shepherds, you know, in Mass Effect. Yeah, I couldn't get back to that face for Andromeda. So mm. I just in my I don't know if anybody else listen does this, but I make little lore up for my characters. And I said this character was like a descendant or something of like Shepard. <laughs> you know, like maybe is is he had an offspring or something like that. Yeah, a couple of weird looking relatives in that family tree. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it was just someone who wasn't Shepard. So um yeah, so that's it. I really do like it. Uh, I think it stands up and I don't know if I'll beat the whole thing again. Because it's a huge fucking game. Right, right. right. Um, but I just want to make sure that I, I remember it like I did. And I wasn't just talking shit all this time. But I'm not. It's it's way more fun in the combat. It's a more realized world. And anybody who likes Mass Effect is doing themselves a disservice by not playing it. It's funny, you know, um, because I was watching my son play through it. I mentioned on the podcast. He actually went through and beat that whole game. He likes that nice. game more out of all the other, all the, all the rest of the Mass Effects, which is... Which is weird. He's also 12, so he, you it's, make not weird. it's not weird. It's not weird. Motherfucker, it's awesome. <laughs> but I was talking to some folks on Twitter who did the exact same thing you did, right? They did the, the Legendary Edition. They're like, oh my god, I love Mass Effect. I forgot how much I love it. I want to go back to Andromeda now that it's been, uh, all this time has passed and uh, the, the fixes and the patches. I'm going to go back and play it. And I think you were probably the person who likes it the most. As a lot of people that I talked to were like, yeah, it's as bad as I remember. <laughs> what? did not come back to it. So. Send those people to me on Twitter because I, I need to know why specifically. I'll set up an at thread and we'll all just we'll all network Please and get do. together. Please yeah, so. um, <laughs> do. So, and by the way, before I leave that topic, there is one thing I don't like, which may, they might bring up, which was, uh, yeah, there's no real ammo like you pick up on the ground, which I like, but there's ammo crates, like these little... Um, their ammo and health kit crates, weirdest fucking design, by the way, in the world. So when you're out of stuff, you go over to them and, like, touch it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember doing that when you played? I No, honestly, I don't remember much about that game at all. That's such the weirdest design ever. So, like, I'm out of health kits and I'm getting hit. Instead of just using it, like in fucking Mass Effect 1, the best one, I think. Um, I think it still might be my favorite one is you have to run over these little boxes and touch the box, and then you get your health redone. That's weird. I, I, to, I totally don't know. I do not remember that at all, but uh, I believe you. Mass Effect is, as, as great a series as it is, they've always made like really strange decisions in each game. You can look at any of the games and be like, why did they do this one thing that is really Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really strange. Yeah, okay. That's my anyway. bit. That's it. House clean. Excellent. Okay, on my side... Uh, just a little like real life note. I know you probably know all about this, Carlos, and people who follow me on Twitter probably know. But this was kind of a tying back into the heat death of the universe thing that we just mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, uh, if you follow Game Critics, you might have noticed that Game Critics hasn't put anything up on the website for like the last I don't know almost a week, uh, which is really unusual. We usually put up at least a couple pieces a day, and the reason for that was because uh, the brain, the working center, the heart of Game Critics is here at the Game Critics West studio, where I'm standing right now doing this podcast with you, which is located in my basement, right? Mm -hmm. And this house that I'm in was built in, I think, 1946, something like that. Pretty great house. Um, At that time, the heat that they were using was heating oil. Old school. We're kind of phasing it out here in Washington. We haven't completely phased it out yet, and the person who owned this house before us never upgraded. So that's fine. We knew that when we bought it. No big deal. We figured we would upgrade at some point and get rid of it, maybe switch to natural gas or something. Who knows? Whatever. Point being, uh, how this works is you have a giant tank uh, outside your house. Sometimes it's above ground, sometimes it's below ground, and that tank is full of fuel oil. It's not gasoline, but it kind of looks like gas. 
Uh, doesn't smell quite as strong, but pretty close to what gasoline smells like. And you keep this tank outside your house, and you run a line inside your furnace, and that furnace runs on the fuel oil. We've been in this new house for uh, more than a year, and it's been totally fine, no problem. The people who flip the house uh, clean it all up, and it's all good. But I guess something happened. Uh, maybe the thing that happened was just the highest fucking temperatures recorded in Washington yeah. uh, over the last week or so. It was so hot, in fact, that um, it heated up the oil that was inside my tank. My tank is below ground, which shows you how hot it was, right? But the ground was so hot over such an extended period of time, it heated up the tank, which is huge, and it expanded the oil and the gas that was inside the tank, and it increased the pressure to a point at which it was no longer sustainable, and I popped a leak in my, my fuel line inside my basement. Jeez. It happened, I think, probably either early in the morning or late at night when we were asleep. I got up the next day, come downstairs, and I was like drowning in toxic fumes. I'm like, oh my god, what is going on? What is happening here? So I couldn't figure it out at first, but we did some investigation. I found the leak, and we couldn't be in the basement. I couldn't post anything to Game Critics. You know, Thankfully, we got it cleaned up before the podcast, or else I would have had to miss the podcast. But like, basically, our entire basement was off limits because of toxicity. Like, You couldn't breathe the air down here. It was just like super gross. Everything was just nasty. Had to shut down all the electric stuff, open up the windows. But basements are not really well ventilated to begin with, so we have just a couple small windows. I got some fans in there and everything. It's just been madness. So it's been smelly and gross. I've had really bad headaches from the, the, the fumes. And it's been a nightmare, right? But like today is the first day that we've been able to come back in the basement. We've been venting like every day for like the last two, three days, just like around the clock. And it's starting to get back to normal in here. So I'm really glad about that. But to anybody who follows Game Critics and wonders what the hell happened, we're still here. I just, <laughs> all my computer shit is in the basement and I couldn't be in the basement because it was fucking toxic. Like, you know, it's like those green clouds that float in a in a game when like someone pops uh, uh you know a smoke bomb or like a toxic bomb or something or like when a when an orc in a fantasy game burps on the battlefield i know i was gonna say it sounds like a video game like you basically got your like your dungeon got like poisoned exactly poison gas i had to wait for the dispersal did not have the antidote on me had to wait for a while until it went away but i'm back we're back. You're going to start to see new Game Critics content today. Some new stuff went up, and luckily we are in time for the show, so people who only listen to the show uh, will not notice a disruption in service. That was very lucky, so I'm happy about that. But now yeah. I can Jeez. say that my basement is back to being almost normal again. Normal dungeon, no poison. Got rid of the poison clouds. Poison clouds suck. Let's not do that again. Yeah, we were talking about like we were poisoned uh, with the with the smoke, you know, this oh, year, yeah. and then yeah. you got it in your own basement. What's going on, by the way? Ugh. I told you, mini apocalypse. Bad stuff, bad stuff. All right, that's all I got for housekeeping, Carlos. Nothing else? Nope, let's move it to the games. All right, let's move into the games. I'm going to change it up this week because of the number of games we have. Let me start off, and I think that's going to work out better if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. I'm going to kick it off with a top-down turn-based strategy RPG, a little bit similar to something like an XCOM or something like that. Playing it on Xbox X, it's called The Dungeon of Nahalbyuk, The Amulet of Chaos. And I'm going to spell this for you. Okay, yeah, because it's weird. I've seen it, and I was like very interested. It is a marketing disaster. It's N-A-H-E-U-L-B-E-U-K. No one knows how to pronounce it. I only know how to pronounce it because... The characters in the game actually say it a couple times, and so I'm like, "Oh, that's how you pronounce it." Nahelbuke, Nahelbuke, Nahelbuke. Nahelbuke. Okay. So anyway, top-down fantasy-based strategy RPG. I love strategy RPGs like this. You know, I love XCOM. Anything in that basket is really cool. I didn't know anything about this one other than that it was like a quote-unquote comedy 
uh, script. Like it was supposed to have lots of jokes and be lighthearted, but actually have some real tactics. Apparently, this is based off of a pretty famous property from France. I didn't know anything about it, and apparently nobody outside of France knows anything about it. But if you're French, or you know, if you've been to France, I guess you know that this is a series that basically kind of lampoons D and D. It does like a lot of jokes about you know fantasy role playing games, and it's all tongue in cheek or whatever. I guess mm. if you're French, it's fucking hilarious, I suppose. Uh, but no one. <laughs> well, you just of you have to be French to find it funny. You're saying that that is literally exactly what I'm saying. Okay, yes. okay. You have to okay. be French to find this funny. Okay, and I'll get to that in just one second. So how this works is you have a party that goes with you in a dungeon, and the dungeon itself is actually pretty interesting. The mechanics of this game are all pretty interesting. Um, The dungeon is not really a dungeon. It's more of a castle. You start off on the first floor of the castle, and there's, I think, like eight floors to the castle, and each floor is huge. Like, there's all sorts of rooms and mini dungeons that are inside the castle. There's, like, an inn and stores. So, like, you never leave the castle. You're inside the castle the entire time, but you're riding an elevator up and down the castle to these different combat zones. It's actually a pretty cool design. I think it's pretty neat. Your party is is basically like a typical, the most classic RPG party you could imagine. There's like a ranger, there's a dwarf, there's an elf who's like an archer, there's a thief who's, you know, backstabby and sneaky, there's a magician who's like a lady, there's like, you know, so it's like, it's all your classic tropes. There's an ogre that goes with you and he's big and strong and dumb. It's all the tropes, which kind of goes into this idea of Nahobyuk being kind of a lampoon of D&D. So it takes all the, the character classes that we all know all the archetypes and like puts those in there. It's neat because you walk around the dungeon with all of them and you can switch between them at any point. Um, There's not a whole lot of reason to do so other than the thief. If you switch to the thief, he has like trap detection vision, which is kind of cool. So like you can use him to look around in a a hallway. If you're walking around, look out for arrow traps or fire traps or whatever, kind of neat, but your party's with you all the time. Um, The main reason they're with you all the time is because they talk to each other a lot, like, like a lot um almost too much but before i get to that i do want to say i really like the mechanics of this game once you get to a combat zone uh it's it's pretty standard in general you have your your characters you play somewhere you want to go start the match you're fighting i don't know elks or <laughs> elks <laughs> are you fighting elks really no oh, I, see I'm i was interested. thinking in my head elves and I, my mouth was trying to say orcs and it Wait, came out as elks <laughs> is that the poison talking <laughs> i think i'm the fumes are oh, still here no Carlos. they're still there the fumes are getting to me you don't fight elks although that would be amazing no elves or orcs or evil knights you know whatever your typical fantasy um, enemies and each class is very classic i mean the the ranger has a sword and an arrow the elf is really good with a bow the ogre is strong at brute strength the thief is a sneaky backstabber etc etc it plays out exactly like you think but the skill tree is pretty deep and it's pretty nuanced i really like the different skills that they have there's also a lot of skills that let them team up with other people so like if you like to have let's say the archer always sticks close to the orc for whatever reason there are skills that you can improve that make both of them better when they are together which i think is pretty neat Um, The turn-based nature of combat is real solid. I like the mechanics of it. It's just, it's a really well put together tactic game. It feels good to play. I think the characters are classic, but classic in a good way. It's interesting. Um, It's really good combat. I think it's very good. Um, The part where this game falls down is, as you may have guessed, is the writing. The writing is atrocious. It's atrociously bad. It's atrociously awful. It's so bad that I just turned the sound off. Like, I didn't want to hear them talking at all. And I am a story guy. Like, I will go through the story in any game. And in this game, I was just, like, skipping every single cutscene. Don't want to hear you talk. Don't want to hear you talk. Don't want to hear you talk. Because it's just so terrible. Like, a lot of back and forth sniping at each other. 
one character calling each other a fucking moron and the other one calling each other a shithead and just like back and forth just like not nobody getting along the archer who's the elf is like a bimbo and so like everybody's making fun of her because she's like this bimbo with big boobs the dwarf of course he's got a scottish accent and all he talks about is like alcohol like it's really like mega cliche and not in a funny clever way it's just like the lowest possible hanging fruit if you were like if i said carlos write me a joke for D&D party members and you got one minute like whatever garbage you came up with would be funnier than what these guys do because like it's just it's so bad it is like aggressively yeah. bad in fact it's so bad if you go into the options menu and this is not a joke i am being dead fucking serious if you go into the options menu you can actually mute the dwarf and the elf out of all the other characters you can just turn their specific dialogue off because that is like the worst because those who never stop arguing with each other and it's it's frankly like it's way too much so geez louise but are they is it because they're trying to trying hard and like trying to like lampoon the the genre i feel like that's what they maybe were trying to go for to play i mean it must be it? right like it must be but these jokes are so they're not even jokes they're just bunch of shitheads being mean to each other saying mean things yeah and just like the, just the dumbest like you know like third grade level humor where it's just not funny i mean maybe it's funny if you're french i think in general i don't get along with the french sense of humor um if i was to pick a country that makes me laugh france is not really on that list uh for whatever reason i'll go i'll a- go ahead and say it doesn't have to do with the actual nationality or french i think i mean it might dude it yeah. might the french are kind of well known for that weird sense of humor I know, and I know British has a certain sense of humor. Everybody, you know, there's different sets of humor from different places. Yeah, but what true. I'm hearing you say, and by looking at the pictures with the buxom lady, is that they're, they're leaning writing style. They're just leaning super hard in, on the nose. Yeah. And that's not funny because as a person who writes comedy, and like you said, I could write something, yeah, in, in 30 second sketches. That would I be do. better than what these guys have, I guarantee you. Yeah. You need nuance. You yes, know, yes. Uh, let me give you a quick example. Like I yeah. did one about a, a, a D&D type game and the character comes in and says, hey, I'd like to, uh, you know, buy something from you, I guess. And the, the character is like just over it. Like he just wants to get the shit, you know, like as as pl- us as players do. Just give me the shit and I want to go, you know. Right. But the NPCs are all like, oh, no, no, no. I want to tell you all about all these quests. That's making fun of the scenario. Right. 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 Without like being like. Like, none of the characters have a specific voice in that sketch. It's not like, you know, there's a bard who's, like, being, you know, singing a song or something. They're just regular people. And to pat myself on the back, I think what I can do with my sketches is I can find that nuance in the the moments, but not necessarily in the stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And this seems like all stereotypes. It's super stereotypical and just, like, in the worst way. Like, I mean, like, a typical joke in this game is, like, the ogre, of course, he's like big and dumb and he burps and farts all the time. And like he'll like rip one in a dungeon and then whoever's standing next to him would be like, oh, my God, what did you eat? A, a dead yak or something? And like, that's a it. Like, that's elk? the joke. A dead elk. Sorry, <laughs> trying like, to, try uh, to bring that back. Exactly. Or like, you know, it'll be like, oh, the, one of the shopkeepers, one of the first shopkeepers you talk to is like, oh, yeah, I used to be an adventurer. And then I took an arrow to the knee. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Oh, man, you can't use that. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're just taking like these tropes and just like real, just real super basic worn out stuff that's just not funny anymore it's and and here's the problem right like the problem is i actually like playing the game i think playing the game is fun and i was like well this dialogue is nails on chalkboard i'm gonna mute the elf i'm gonna mute the dwarf i'm gonna skip through all the dialogue i'm just gonna play the game but what ended up happening was i just didn't know what i was doing like i didn't know where i was going 
I didn't know what I was, you know, who I was working for. I didn't, you know, I was missing yeah. all of the beats that kind of drive a narrative forward. And it ended up just being me doing battle after battle, which to be fair, the battles are pretty good, but it just wasn't enough. And I got to a point where I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, I don't even, I'm missing half the game because this is like a dialogue script, jokey, humorous game. And I just, I can't engage in it on the way that I feel like I need to. So I noped out of it, which is a shame because I think if you had ripped out the script and just given it like your standard, we're adventurers in a dungeon and that's what we're here for. And we're not going to make jokes and we're going to go after the dark Lord. Cause that's what we're about. Like if yeah. it was one of those like boilerplate, I totally would have played this game all the way through. Like, I think it would have been like way more fun, but it's so painful. I just couldn't fucking stand it. Well, let's just see what those developers do next because they have a good mechanic. It sounds like, yeah, and they do. whenever you have a good engine, you know, this, you can make something else. So, uh, maybe they'll get feedback, uh, like yours and say, Hey, we shouldn't have been so on the nose about it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. So that is Dungeon of Nahalbuk, Amulet of Chaos. Played it on Xbox. I mean, I think it's fun tactics, but Jesus Christ, bring your earplugs and do not listen to that dialogue. It is painful. So you could just turn it off, right? You don't have to bring your earplugs. I mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah. do that too, just to be extra safe. You <laughs> to be real safe. Real safe. Any sort of sound coming out of it. No sound. All right, enough of that. Carlos, let's turn it over to you. Uh, you played a preview for a game called death's door i am actually very interested in this one we talked about it a little bit uh on the game the summer game fest that xbox oh yeah yeah this was one of the demos that was up um i didn't realize this was the same game until i looked at a screenshot but it's coming out of pc coming on xbox they just recently had a short demo uh this is like a top-down action game and you're like a bird i think is this the bird game you're a bird? yeah you're like a crow type bird i guess a crow. yeah something like that okay cool so you got the the code uh provided to us by the publishers for the purpose of talking on the show which we're doing now to talk about death's door and you put in more than i guess maybe what we saw in the demo so tell us all about it yeah i've been playing it for a little while and then we just uh, forgot to bring it to show last week and so i played some more this week and yeah straight off the bat i really like it it's uh, what a beautiful and uh visually arresting is what I'll say Ooh, for sure. That's a good word. Yeah, it is like uh, it looks like um, you know top-down Zelda or Hades. I bring that up a lot now. Hades is becoming a it's a become thing. a new benchmark. Yeah, but you know that kind of isometric top-down view. Oh yeah, you're doing puzzles a little more like a Zelda game though, and you're not like it's not like a Souls like really. Although there are, there are souls in it, um, and I'll, yeah, it's just really kind of a, a fun actiony game with like. Uh, yeah, puzzle elements. So what is the game? The game is um, you work for some agency, which is very interesting because the agency is all made up of these birds. Uh, and they're all crows. I'm pretty sure that that's it. Raven, crow. Is everybody in the game a bird or is everybody an animal no, 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 or are no. there actual people in it? So again, you're working for this agency and everybody at the agency is a is a raven or crow, right? Okay. And it's very cool because in that agency, uh, it's all black and white. And it almost feels like a noir kind of game because mm -hmm. all the people, all the people, all the crows or birds have little typewriters and they're like just working away at the desks. And there's like a big, huge crow that's like the boss. And then you're like just, you know, another helper, another worker. And what you guys do, uh, the whole idea of death's door is you go and like recapture souls. It's like part of your job is like okay. go get souls from, um, I'm not really sure a hundred percent on like what you're getting them from people who are already dead or about to die. That's a little foggy. Um, but basically your job is to do that and go out and do that. Well, you, your character, your soul that you're supposed to go get was like stolen 
which is interesting. I don't know. There's kind of a mystery element. You're like, wait, this thing I'm supposed to do for my job, it's not here anymore. I'm supposed to go. I was supposed to go get this soul, and now it's gone. So you've got to go into these different worlds, all beautiful looking, by the way, different kind of like landscapes, and fight monsters, and then get souls. Um, I'll go a little bit further into what that means and and what you do with that because it's a little nebulous. But what the actual uh, adventure part is, is in this main office, it's black and white and very noir. You open up these little doors and then you go through the doors and then they bring you to a different like biome or world. And in that world, you're doing puzzles and you're doing a lot of Zelda type stuff. And you're, you know, fighting monsters and you have a sword, you have a strong attack with that sword and you have a bow and arrow. And they're all just like, you know, super easy to use. You have a, a dodge roll. And you know me and dodge rolls. I know you love a good dodge roll. It's a good dodge roll. Like you love it's dodge rolls, good. like I love cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yes. Well, I might like them equally. <laughs> cinnamon rolls are very good. They are um, pretty good. It's just uh, the whole feel of this game. I played it with a controller on PC, and you know when it comes on console, it'll feel the same way. It just feels so smooth, and killing monsters and and dodging and then using your bow and arrow, everything just feels good. Um, there's definitely puzzle elements, like I said. You're like opening different doors, finding keys, doing all your regular stuff you would do. And then you're meeting characters you do talk to as well. Uh, one of the characters I met early on was this big kind of beast character. And I was supposed to kill him and take his soul because that's kind of like what our job is as these crows. And he's like, come at me, try to get me. And so I try to kill him and he's like, well, try this other thing. And he was teaching me like moves, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. And as I'm doing all these different moves on him, he's like, nope, st I'm still here. Uh, I guess I'm, like, uh, stuck and I can't die. And that's the seed of the story, which is this crow who normally just goes into these different worlds and, like, takes souls is encountering things where he can't get the souls from people. Oh, okay. So that's probably part of the story that you got to figure out. That's probably out what's part of the down. story. Yeah. And okay. then where, where my soul is, it probably has to do with that. And, uh, uh, you know, I won't spoil that part of it because I, I haven't got to it. So, but in general, the like moment to moment gameplay, super fun. Uh, the bosses that I've seen, I've only seen one so far, so inventive and cool looking. Uh, you might have seen the trailer and you saw one of the bosses in it. Um, I don't think I don't think so. What what went down there? What you haven't seen the trailer with the boss in it? I don't think so. Oh, it was like this huge like woman character was spinning around. She looked like um, almost like that queen from the Alice in Wonderland. Okay. You know, and like there's just so many different different types of characters and worlds. I've already been like a weird dark cemetery, then kind of a light foresty area. And there's also like these little helpful guys that run around. Um, one of the other mechanics is that you can plant seeds. And when you plant the seeds, it becomes a flower of health. So you can use that whenever you're kind of in a pickle and you need some health. Uh, everything just seems paced well. You know what I mean? Like we play a lot of these games where you're doing stuff and you're maybe close to dying or you're like, you know, going through different areas and doing puzzles, and either you get stuck or you die a lot or something. But this one just feels like a nice balance. Um, there was no like easy, hard, normal mode. It was just like play the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's more on the harder side because they definitely do things like throw waves of enemies at you at times, and you only have like four health bars or something. But if you're smart and they give you all the tools to do it, you know that maneuverability is all I need. You give me a good dodge roll, and I can handle your, you know, difficult combat. You um, give me a good cinnamon roll, and I'll have a good morning. <laughs> and if you give me a good cinnamon roll with a good dodge roll, I would just get messy. <laughs> yeah. 
You got to lose crumbs all over the place. It's sad. It'll make my dodge roll less fast. (laughs) It'll be a sticky roll. Oh, I didn't even mean that. I'm nice. in an improv roll. That is a plow. Oh, that is a plow. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you, that was. You too gave much. yourself a plus one, and you lost that plus one. <laughs> I, I lost like five. Yeah, that was bad. Sorry. Uh, a couple other things about the game. As you can see, I like it. Um, I I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't get to a part where I like just died a bunch, which is what I thought I might, because it is kind of more on the difficult side. Yeah, it um, seemed that way. Yeah, but I mean, again, I haven't reached more than one boss, so maybe. Another boss will get me really frustrated, but it is also one of those games where you die, you just come right back pretty quickly after. So you're not, you know, I don't feel like I lost too much from oh, it. Oh, good, good. Yeah. yeah, and I and I also by even though you're going to get souls, you, you I'm not dropping my shit like a, a souls game, you know, which I hate. So none of that's happening. You know, you get upgrades and you just keep the upgrades. Good, good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of done with that stuff for a while. We can move on to a different style of game for a please, while. Please, developers can just let it go for a bit. Uh, one really funny thing that I got to mention that just I live for moments like this in games where they surprise me. Mm. Um, you know, in most of these games, there's little signs and you go up to it and like push A to read, you know? Sure, sure. So there, I was just like sword happy and I was just swinging my sword everywhere and I just kind of sorted the sign, you know? Yeah. And I like, cut it in half and the other half like flew over to the side of the room. And then when I read it, <laughs> It was only half of the half words. the message. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I've never seen That's that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then you, I went to the other piece on the ground and I had to read that piece to like oh, put it together. Oh, that's awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of yeah, you know, like, like slight humor. It's got this weird dark noir sense to it. So when you go back to the office to talk to your boss and oh, you can upgrade your shit, you know, of course. So you get different soul pieces and gems and other, you know, stuff. And you come back to the office and you upgrade your shit and you get, you know, make your strength better and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of upgrade path as well. But every time you go back, it really feels like you're in that noir world again. So it's a fun juxtaposition of like going there and then going through these doors and finding these different worlds. And it's way more fun than I thought. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't like think I would hate it, but I thought it might be difficult and I be, might be frustrated. It's the mechanics are so fun. It's really relaxing. There's only one negative thing. Okay. And it's kind of pretty big in my mind. Is it because you're a bird? No, not at all. Are you I didn't even notice birds. No, I, and I love crows, <laughs> and they love me. You're not a birdist. I'm not. What is bird? Oh, birdist. You lose five <laughs> points for that one. Oh, well, and you I didn't started, even start with any. <laughs> I started at zero, so that puts me in the negative. You're negative five. No, there's no map. And oh man. Maybe later there is. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold my tongue on that because maybe uh, you know another world i find one or something yeah but there was they're pretty comp like pretty intricate worlds um even with just like ladders you know and like places where keys are yeah gates so at some point i did find myself a little confused never enough to be like i don't i can't finish the game or level but i did do some backtracking where i didn't really need to yeah um and the other minus teeny negative thing is that when you die uh, enemies do respawn, I believe. Oh, yeah. That's which, not too big of a deal. Which isn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, because you're not yeah. losing your shit. And if you know how to fight monsters, it's like a Zelda overworld. You know, like, sure. you're going to fuck with people. So, um, yeah, overall, again, we don't do scores in this, but I feel like in my mind it's like an 8 or 8.5. It's like really, really fun. Excellent. Uh, and I want to play it on my console. So it's coming to Xbox, right? Guaranteed for Xbox. Yeah, I just looked at it's in the store. There's like a, a coming soon in the store for it today. I saw. 
Okay, so I'm probably going to buy it on Xbox. Or if it's not Game Pass. If it is, then cool. But if not, um, I want this game. So I think I'll play it on console. Excellent. Good to hear. Yeah, I looked at it in the store, and I remembered seeing it on the uh, the demo event. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this was one of the ones that I thought was pretty cool. I wasn't sure what the whole bird thing was about. But other than that, it seemed like a really good like action. The action did seem really smooth and, uh, and satisfying. So I'm definitely uh, going to check this one out as well. And plus, it's got that weird little mystery, too. So I think that's like a little thing that people aren't ready for, you know, so it's cool. For sure. All right. That was Death's Door coming to PC and Xbox, probably the other consoles. I don't know for sure. Uh, That's all to confirm at the moment because we do no research on this show. No research. Next game coming from me, although you have played it as well, Carlos, Ender Lilies. Yes. Let's talk about Ender Lilies. Let's talk about Ender Lilies. This is a 2D action platformer. Uh, It is... Um, I mean, it's got a really cool art style to it. In this game, you play a little girl who is basically defenseless. And how you get through this world is you're able to summon these little ghosts that go along with you. Um, You eventually collect a bunch of different ghosts. Um, You start out with like a knight ghost who can do like a sword slash. And so you hit B or A or whatever button it is. And instead of you attacking, you just kind of sit there because you're a little girl. And this ghost knight will appear and like kind of like behind you or to the side of you. And he will like slash with his sword. And so it kind of feels like you're doing the attack, but actually it's the ghost doing the attack for you. Um, you will encounter many other ghosts as you get through the game. There's some that, that are like projectiles. There's some that are like uh, maces, like a little bit more defensive. Some are giant hammers. I mean, there's a whole variety of different ghosts. Um, some of them are infinite use, like the very basic attackers, like the knight. And there's I think there's one other one that you get later on is infinite. But part of the strategy of this game is that you have to kind of manage which ghost you're using when. Um, you can have up to six equipped at a time, and most of them have a limit. So let's say, for example, that you're using, uh, there's a crow that you get who will shoot enemies for you. Super helpful, really good uh, utility for that. It's a great one, my favorite ones. But he's got a limit. He's got like, I think, 50 bullets or something. So you got to be kind of judicious. You can't just have it on all the time because you'll shoot every enemy that you see as you're walking through the world. And until you get to a place to recharge, you might run out of bullets before you get to where you really need them. So you got to kind of figure out, Okay, which which attack am I going to use? Which one has a limit? How many of this one am I going to use? You know, I tried as I was going through the game to kind of uh, go back and forth. So I wasn't going to run out of anyone in particular, but some are definitely more useful than others. And I, I did have my favorites. Um, how you get more attacks is by making it to a bench. There's benches or a bed or a chair or whatever scattered throughout the world. And every time you find one, you sit down, take a break and you recharge your ghosts. Um, you also have three prayers that are kind of just like 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 health potions or whatever yeah Uh, whenever you need to like up your life you just find a quiet moment pray for a second and it increases your life or refills your life basically wait wait find a quiet moment you're talking about the like l trigger where it just like refills your life yeah you don't want to do do that during combat i mean you can as long as you don't get hit i mean you got you stay still for a second when you pray so you you could get hit right right right. i just went to the like far side of the screen exactly yeah Yeah. just like a second a little breather where you're not going to get hit Pray for a second and get your life back. Uh, but basically, it's it's a little bit like a Metroidvania. Not not super heavy, but some of the ghosts do give you abilities, like they'll break barriers, or maybe they'll give you a double jump or something like that. So you will notice you'll have to go back and forth on the map to like you know you get a new ghost and figure out where does this ghost go and what does he do for me, and go to explore new areas. Um, I really like the art style a lot. I think the art style is really great, and I like the way that this game feels. It feels pretty tight, and I feel the controls feel good to me. Um, I will say it is pretty combat heavy. Like there's not a lot to it other than the combat. So like, don't come expecting a bunch of like NPCs with side quests and there's no like town to explore. There's, there's very little dialogue. It's kind of told in a 
past tense way because sometimes you'll come across a ghost and they'll either be your friend and they'll tell you a little bit right away or you'll get to like a boss ghost. And once you beat them, um, usually they've got some pretty good powers. So once you get a couple of those down, you'll get some better skills. But they also have a lot of dialogue. The bosses tend to. Um, and you kind of just go back and forth uh, unlocking stuff and killing enemies and using your ghosts. And it's all just, uh, I mean, pretty straightforward, but I'm, I'm kind of digging it. Carlos, I know you played this as well. I did. I just want to first off say, you just said the word ghost like 8,000 times. A lot of and, ghosts in this game. But here's the thing. I never thought of them as ghosts ever. And I was going to say this before you get started. They're, they're just warriors. They're just like, they're all just like warriors. It's like, there's no ghostness besides the fact that they're kind of behind you a little bit. But they're, they look like fighters. Well, I mean, right? they're all dead, right? Every, I mean, they're dead. I know. Like, they're technically ghosts. But what you said every time, I was like, just seeing Casper or something, you know, or like no, a I mean, ghosty they're not, they're type like, like thing. White bedsheet spooky ghosts. I mean, right. they look like facsimiles of what they look like in life. But I mean, they right. are all spirits of dead people. Right. But they just, in my mind, they were just like warriors. I'm like, the first one I unlocked, I was like, oh, yeah, but night now. You know, he that's just yeah, a fight yeah. for me. And by the way, they do that so seamlessly, though. Kind of a, a pro here at the beginning is that even though it is a apparition, let's call it apparition behind you. <laughs> a specter. Right? Yeah. Yes. It, it looks, you know, again, beautiful art style. So I love this art style. The the apparition just hits and you know where it's going to hit. So, you know what I mean? Like they do a really good job of placement of that thing. It's like right behind you. So it is almost like it's on your character. Yeah. Um, it feels natural. Like it doesn't feel like you're, you're, it's not cumbersome at all. It feels right. very smooth. Yeah. Right. It's, it's basically kind of a, a, a trick, you know, because it's your main character attacking. You're hitting the button. It's happening right where your main character is standing. Right. Um, but that, yeah, that little girl's not doing anything, really. Um, so there's a couple pros and a couple cons. The pros are, like you said, I love the art style. Um, I played this in the hotel uh, on your uh, request or on your behest. That might be asked. You didn't it was really my suggestion. ask me to. Yeah, suggestion. And uh, it was fun in that fact that it, this is a straight up like Castlevania game, right? I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, more or less. You go back and forth a little, but it's it's like you're just jumping and slashing and making sure you beat bosses or um, you know pick up things and save and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun action game. It was fun to like look at you know beautiful art and do an actiony type game while I was in my hotel. So I liked that part of it. Um, you, I think the enemies do respawn at those little beds and chairs. If you save or restore your ghosts, uh, refresh your powers, they do they do respawn. Yeah. Yes. Again, just developers, we don't need it. We can uh, be done with that for a while. We, we can be done with that for fucking ever. How about that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just, like, closed my eyes in rage just when I was talking about that part. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for it. So, yeah, that happens. But I still wasn't struggling a lot. Um, so, I, you know, I thought, I, again, similar to the other game, Death's Door, I didn't die as much as I thought I was going to, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought some of the powers were interesting, but nothing, like, blew my socks off. Um, I don't like what you were saying earlier about, like, trying to manage a level. Uh, I don't like that at all. Like, that part is not interesting like, to me. Like the ghost having limits? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, gotcha. It just, again, didn't really add anything for me. Like, I don't know why I want to have to plan my loadout for this kind of a game. Because this game seems like a, a game where I'm just going to go from left to right. Or maybe back to left. But uh, jumping and platforming Hollow Knight, right? Like, that kind of style where yeah, basically. Hollow Knight didn't have a loadout. It was just like, be really good at the game. And I felt like that's what this was feeling like for me. And then like some of that management stuff felt weird. Uh, but the biggest problem 
which made me put it down and I uh-huh. haven't picked it back up <laughs> is I really do like story like we were saying earlier. And yeah. Yeah. it's very similar to your review earlier. If I don't know what's happening, I don't want to keep going. Yeah, I get interesting you. that I get that you. just happened like you were just talking about that. So this has the fucking small text problem. And it can fuck right the fuck off. I mean, I don't know. I'm getting older, okay? I maybe can't see as well. But actually, <laughs> that's a lie. I can see 2020. So I'm a 2020 vision guy, and I couldn't see the fucking text on so many of those little memories. I don't know if you I didn't could. have that problem. I didn't have that problem. Um, I played in handheld mode, and I didn't. It, it wasn't too small for me. It was on the small side. But I did also play a fair amount on my TV, and that mm. was fine. So, I mean, maybe it's just in specific instances or something. I mean, I, it's small. It could be bigger. But this wasn't, this wasn't one that I would hold up as like one of the worst offenders as, as far as the Switch goes. I would say that I had it in handheld mode. Um, I really need a new Switch Pro so I can play things on TV to, to actually like, like Nintendo again. I'm just so frustrated yeah, with this text. Yeah. But it, it was the color choice, too, because like most of those, there's these memories you find. And there's so many of them, and they basically tell you about the world and what you're even doing. And I couldn't read so many of them because it was like white text on dark or something. It was just something weird, a way that they were like coloring it. Um, And then on my Switch, my handheld, again, I have good vision, but I fucking was struggling. And it just took me out of it because I remember I got to a point there was like um, a dead soldier skeleton or something. And it had like this huge message about like what I was supposed to be doing. And I, it was just hard to read. Oh, man. That's a bummer. I didn't have that problem. That sucks. I mean, I will say uh, you didn't miss anything because I don't think the story is worth a damn in this game oh, I, at all. Yeah. It's got that kind of like, I mean, that's probably my biggest criticism of it is that they went for that whole like dark soulsy, you know, fakey old Englishy kind of writing. And it's all like lore about nouns that you don't really know what they're about and it's all about stuff that's already happened in the past it's very passive storytelling i really wish they had gone for something just more current a little bit more exciting a little bit more relatable uh i don't like the the lore in dark souls i'm not the guy who reads all those item descriptions i'm just like fuck it whatever i'm gonna keep killing stuff and i think that if they had gone like not in that vein it would have been better for me so you're not missing anything i mean it sucks that you couldn't read that and that's that's a problem that should be fixed but uh yeah you're definitely not missing anything because i could not tell you what's going on in the game right now. I just like the way that it feels. I like playing it, uh, but do not ask me what the story is. It's right. Like, stuff died. You're killing stuff. You got ghosts. That's what this game's about. Yeah, there's a bunch of Caspers running around. Um, <laughs> I have t- two points then. I-, I like when you you delve into a little more. You can actually bring something else out of me. One, I think every video game in Switch should just have a slider at this point. Because we Agreed. talked about text Agreed. size now. Just, so just, often. We talk about it every fucking show. Every fucking show. So just make a slider. It doesn't do you any damage. Like, if we can't see more of the screen, let us worry about it. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, don't yeah. worry about the real estate. Secondly, you bring up a very good point. The other reason why I was struggling was not only that I couldn't read it very well, but what I did read, I was confused by because <laughs> I, and I was thinking, like, well, if I just could read that one extra sentence. No. Um, but here's what it did. Now that you reminded me, it did a braid. So younger listeners might not know Braid, which is crazy, but go play Braid. I think it's a a genius game. Uh, I don't really like his other ones, but I like Braid. And Braid, what Braid did is it's a platformer, and every piece of um, writing you find is a companion piece. So none of it has to do really with your, your main story. It's like 
like like you said, a past or like you know stuff about the world and this character. And I thought that was a really interesting choice. That's what this feels like. Yeah, it feels like yeah. everything I was reading was like not really pertaining to the moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then I couldn't also read it. So a frustrating experience for me because I did enjoy the moment to moment combat and, and the graphics were beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I'm going to play it just because I like the way it feels mechanically. Uh, but yeah, I wish the story was better. I wish I really cared about what was going on. I don't. I mean, it's just like uh, I, I just don't get into that kind of storytelling and it's not compelling. It's a bunch of names and places that I don't know. I don't have any relation to any of it. So I feel like the the story is a big fail. But otherwise, Great graphics, great control, good action. I like the ghost concept. And I mean, in, in general, it's something that I'll just play like a couple hours at night. And I've, uh, I mean, I've made some pretty good progress. I don't know how far I am in it, but I've got a good number of ghosts and I've uh, unlocked some stuff. And I feel like I'm making pretty good, pretty good strides. We have so. to call this episode something to do ghosts because something that ghosts. you've literally said it like now 50 times. There we okay. Go. That's 51. the ghost game. That's the ghost that game. Is, That's the name of it, by the way. That it's is not, the ghost game. No, it's, it's called not ghost game. That. PR is going to kill me if we call it the ghost game. No, no it no. is Ender Lilies. I played it on Switch. You played it on Switch. I believe it's also on PC. It may actually be on all the platforms, but we don't check. Uh, Carlos, all right. Let's get to something a little meatier, uh, something that is actually pretty exciting to me and also pretty exciting to you, I know. Greedfall, which is one of your favorite games, yes. uh, has just uh, come out with two specific things to mention. Uh, before we go any further, I do want to say that PR provided you with a code to talk about this on the show, so that is uh, our disclaimer right there. Uh, the new DLC, which just dropped today for the base game of Greedfall is called the Devesp Conspiracy. That's brand new DLC for Greedfall, but also, uh, they've come out with a gold edition. So this is the Greedfall base game plus the DLC in one package. And also if you already had Greedfall, uh, on Xbox, I don't think the other platforms are there yet. I think Xbox was first. Uh, but if you have it either on game pass, which it is on game pass, amazing game pass, amazing. Or if you just bought it, straight up bought it on Xbox, you will get the upgraded new, you know, whatever, 4K, bells and whistles, all the doodads, all the all the pixels, whatever it is, ray tracing, who knows. But you'll get the fanciest possible version. That just came out as a free upgrade for people who already own the game. And the DLC is out now. And Carlos, you are about to tell us uh, what the deal is. Well, I'll tell you some things. I won't tell you everything you want to know yet because uh, of reasons. And also... Uh, the free update for PS5 is out right now, too. Oh, that came out. Okay, good. Yep. That's how I got it. That's how I'm playing because uh, I had played Greedfall originally on PS4. So I upgraded my copy of Greedfall to PS5, and uh, I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and that was free upgrade, right? Free upgrade, yep. I didn't do anything. Excellent. And then I got the code, like we said, for the DLC. Uh, short answer is I was not able to play the DLC, so we're going to have oh, to no. save what? that. Well, we'll tell you in a minute. Okay. We'll have to save that for another episode probably pretty soon, um, depending on how this story shakes out that I'm about to tell you. Uh, as you, as Brad said, uh, Greedfall, we both love. Uh, Brad is a terrible, terrible person. I'm going to start it again today. I, I've committed. It. Okay. I'm going to start it again today. Like In the nice, hot, hottest version now. You can play the best graphics. Exactly so. Uh, and you have the DLC, which you can't play, by the way, until middle of the game. So you can't even access that okay. DLC until you've got to at least middle of the game. Um, and I had played it and beat it and loved every second of it on my PS4. Now I had bought a PS5, very lucky to have gotten one. And when I did, I literally threw my PS4 into my closet. Um, maybe a little too rough. Yeah, you know, maybe you'd have to get mad. 
I threw it. I was like, get out of here. It's time for a PS5. You disgusting console. You, get out I, of my sight. I spit on it. I kicked it a little bit. I threw some. After all those years of service, you treat it like that? That's a shame. The PS5 was so nice. Oh, man. Uh, no, I did not do that. I just quietly placed it in my closet, and I didn't look at it again. But I also didn't do the thing that everybody did, which is transferring all that data. Remember that thing people did? Yeah, that was the thing. Like, when you just get your PS5, it asks you as you're setting it up, do you want to transfer all your stuff over? Yeah, I just kind of, like, said, nah, I don't have any of that. Uh, I just want to go fresh, brand new, you know? So because of that, I don't have my save game for Greedfall 4. Or PS4. I, oh, man. Can't you just go get it? So what that entails is something I'll probably do tonight for the purposes of this podcast and also for my own sanity because I put a fuck ton of hours in that. You did? You love that game, dude. Um, so it's in my, I have to load up my PS4 and find, you know, I literally threw the power cords in there and all that stuff and then hook up to the network and then I might have to do another thing because I just redid my router or something. So it's going to take a minute, a hot minute. Oh, man. Okay. And then you have to transfer to your PS5. I don't know if you can do that wirelessly or if you have to do that with a cable. Uh, I think you have to do it with a cable, I'm pretty sure. See, there's another problem. So it's going to be a hassle, so that's why I didn't do it. So what I did instead to report on this for the, this episode. Don't tell me you started a new game. I started a new game. <laughs> so... <laughs> So there's a well, couple. That, okay, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect because I'm just about to start a new game. Tonight I know. I, I don't know. Remember where I left off? I started a Greenfall. I had to stop because I was reviewing shit. I got busy. Never finished it. So I'm gonna like. I don't remember what happened. I'm gonna just. Okay, we're both okay. Unplanned. But we're Unplanned. gonna both start a fresh game today. We're playing the game together. So now the I could still do the thing where I go through all that process again. Be PS4 version. But what was interesting, and I'll tell you this because it's not a spoiler. We've talked about this. Sh- uh, this game on the show before Makes and sense. i've said some of the choices i've made um and i know that you started so you know what i'm talking about but yes. with this new playthrough it, and i should be streaming all this stuff i know but i'm just i'm not a streamer i guess is i you start in this little town and before you even go on the boat to go to the main part of the game where the credits or the, like the title sequence happens there's like pretty much like 10 hours of gameplay oh yeah dude that blew me away when i started <laughs> there's like 10 hours before you start the fucking game it is yeah. crazy so at why i said i should be streaming it is when i restarted it i was like um they're like you have to do a couple things you got to go tell a couple people in, in the town that you're doing you're gonna go on this trip you know and each one of those people uh i won't talk about i have spoilers for each person but um each one of those people are like hey can you do something for me classic yes. rpg so I promptly was like, fuck you off, fuck off, fuck you, fuck you. I swore a lot. And I said, no, I'm not doing anything for you. I'm out of here. So all I did was the core mechan- basics of like, tell person I'm leaving, go to yes. person B, tell person B I'm leaving. And then you have to do one more thing, which I won't spoil. It's a small, little small side quest, like 15 minutes, maybe yeah. 20 yeah. minutes. So I did that mini side quest and got in the fucking boat. And it's like, funny, that game is so funny because like just like you said, you have to tell a bunch of people you're leaving. And if you do all that shit, which I, I'm planning to do all that stuff, like it is like side quest after side quest, exploration, investigation. It's it, like no joke, it's like 10 hours. You finally go after you tell everybody that you're going to go, you get on the boat and then the, the, the game's like, and now the game begins and like the credits roll of like the opening credits and you're like, what the fuck? I've been playing this game for like 10 hours already. Right. It's crazy. But what I'm saying is, and for our dear listeners, you don't have to do any of that shit because I've played the game. Spoiler, minor spoiler. 
you really don't need to do any of that shit. Now, there's there's obviously companions, and there's like you know uh, factions. This game's all about factions, and you could probably like make friends with factions if you do the stuff on the on the you know mainland first. But I know my playthrough without spoiling it too much, and I think I'd said this on a previous episode. But I'm mainly aligning with one faction right 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 and they they ain't on the main line mainland you know what i mean but you miss out on that experience though don't you oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter brad galloway also fun fact i'm playing it on easy good you should i'm gonna play it on easy because i beat the game i beat the game you know i haven't beat the game i'm still gonna play it easy i don't care okay well here's the thing it's a fun-ass game i skipped all that beginning stuff we'll play it together and I think I'll get to the midway point for the DLC pretty fast because I know where to go. Exactly. You're going to be way ahead of me then because I'm I'm planning to redo that beginning stuff because I thought it was pretty oh, fun. I'm going to go through that stuff. And uh, like you will hours. you will have to. Re- I mean, it is, but I mean, it's good stuff. It's a good game. I don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll go through it again, and you will have to report back. On the, you'll get there way before I will. And then the other thing I'll say before we leave this though, um, a everybody should go get Greedfall. Whenever way we just said Xbox game pass whatever it is get it play it i love it i love the ending i love the characters i love the world i love the monsters uh i love the dodge roll baby the dodge roll is good uh which you have to unlock by the way it doesn't come right away you have which to is weird but yeah. unlock, just get you know. it get the dodge roll get the dodge roll as soon as you can it's very 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 good by the way i've said it before but you can aim out of a dodge roll which i've never seen before in any game where like when you dodge roll you can be aiming the direction you want, and then the character will face that way out of the dodge roll. That's fucking great. hot shit. Great. And the last thing I'll say is the, the PS5 version, so the upgrade, I didn't notice a lot when it comes to graphics. Um, some of the stuff like the paintings and some of the like, scenery and things in buildings looked a little like crisper and cooler looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the number one thing I saw was the 60 frames per second mode. Oh, so just smoother overall. It's buttery smooth, baby. Wow, okay. So okay. I there's a performance mode and a visual mode. Or a performance mode? Visual mode, yeah. And again, you and I have mentioned on the show, we're so tired of that. Just make it both, you know, or don't. Yeah, I know, right? Don't give me the choice. I don't want the choice. I honestly don't. I don't either. And I went to performance mode, and it was like down to 30 or something. I was like, get this shit out of here. I mean, it just looks like garbage. When, you, when you're at 60, it's beautiful. It's combat-based, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. I would say that's my favorite thing about restarting is that <laughs> that dodge roll baby at 60 frames per second. Even smoother. Woo. So I'm loving it. Uh, like McDonald says, trademark. And I'm excited to play it again. I actually am. All right. Excellent. Well, that is fortuitous timing because I am literally going to start a new game right after this podcast. And I'm sure we will be talking about Greenfall for the next couple shows as we play through it. So I guess, dear listeners, if you're hearing this, uh, Carlos and I have only been about a day or two into the game by the time this podcast goes up. So this is a great time. If you would like to play along with us, you can yes. send in your comments to the show. We can talk about the quests we can talk about the characters. It's pretty good stuff. It's pretty good stuff. So if you were maybe looking at Greenfall, maybe thinking about Greenfall, or maybe you weren't even thinking about it at all. Maybe it was not on your radar. Let us put it on your radar and invite you to play along with us here at so video games. And then we will also report on the, uh, DLC. As soon as I get to it, if you want, I mean, I, I think I'll get to it, you know, yeah, quicker than you. So for sure, for sure. All right, cool. Sounds like a plan. And uh, if any of you out there decide to, to play along and play with us, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. So there we go. All right, that is Greenfall. The Gold Edition just came out. The DLC is called the Devesp Conspiracy, 
and we will talk about it again next week, I am sure. Yep. All right, next game up. This is one I have been very excited about. Low-key excited about, but still very excited about, uh, because I wasn't sure that I was ever going to get a chance to play it. It's called The Procession to Cavalry. Have you ever heard of it? Nope, I'm looking it up now. One of our writers, I believe it was Sparky Clarkson, who writes for us at Game Critics, uh, reviewed this game on the PC maybe one or two years ago. And I was just so fascinated with it. And I'll tell you why. This is basically a 2D point-and-click adventure game. But what makes it stand out is that the developer of this game has taken all of his art directly from Renaissance paintings, hundreds of years old. So every bit of art is something that he has taken from a painting from, like, you know, like Rembrandt or, like, you know, Degas or all those people, like, you know, back in the day. Like, all those fancy paintings that are in, that are in museums... He has like, I mean, he must be a whiz at Photoshop or whatever, right? Because he's got, he's cut and pasted all these different images from like hundreds of years worth of paintings and like stitched together a point and click game out of them. It looks visually like so amazing. I, I was just in love with the graphics from the first moment I saw it. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to play this on PC. I hope it's going to come to console someday. Probably not, but we'll see. Lo and behold, out of nowhere, complete surprise, I get an email saying, hey, we're going to be on Xbox. Would you like to play this? And I'm like, yes, I would love to play. I nice. totally want to play this. By the I way, love when surprises like this that is happen. totally Mighty Python. It's like, yeah, I was just going to say that. Dude. Okay. If yeah. Anybody out there is familiar with those little animated um, interstitials that are in Monty Python where like, it's all the weird, like the butt trumpet and the, the things flying and all the weird stuff that pops up. It kind of, it's got that feeling, right? Because the interesting thing about this graphical presentation is like, they don't always fit to scale. Like sometimes a person will be like way bigger than the castle they're standing in front of, or maybe like a, somebody's head will be way bigger than the body that they're on because they're taken from diff different paintings. Or like sometimes the background is not matching what's in the foreground because it's stitched together from different artwork. It's really bizarre looking, but it actually looks pretty awesome. And I think it just is really, really clever and cute and fun. I love the way it looks. I mean, I, I'm big on graphics, you know that. And I think that it's just so super, 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 can't even say it. Super cute is how cute it is. Can't even say it. Yeah, um, Monty Python, totally. And also, by the way, when you mentioned Renaissance paintings, what's up with the copyright for that, though? Like, um, It all must be, um, what do you, what you call, uh, when something goes out of, uh, what do you call that thing, when the, it becomes so old that it becomes, public domain, public domain. Wait a minute, that gives me an idea. Yeah, this is obviously out of the public domain if it's like from the 1800s or whatever, Exactly. Right? It's like we're like like two, 300 years old. I don't know how, how far back these paintings go. I'm not a history major. If I'm getting my dates all wrong, please. I mean, I guess you can email Carlos about it. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> Don't do that. Um, Don't do that. Wait, but so that means Monty Python. Now I'm kind of, hold on, this tangent for a second. Just deal with it for a second. Uh, Monty Python, were they using old things that they cut out too? Or I always thought in my mind when I watched that show that they had made like art that just looked like that stuff. I assume they made their own art. I don't think that was repurposed from anything. It was maybe inspired by art. And maybe there's a Monty Python expert out there who knows for sure. Uh, my impression was always that it was custom made art. Yeah, so maybe he actually took the stuff and like kind of like made it his own. I mean, there's one. I'll tell you what's going on. Something that's really interesting. Um, when you get pretty far in the game, you get to a museum in this game, and in this game is all of the paintings that he took this art from. So you can see, like, he gives like the name of the painting. I think the year it's from, the name of the artist that he got it from. So there's this room in the in the game that's just like it's got like 200 paintings in it or something, and you can click on each one and see like the original art. Oh, and that's see, cool. Like, yeah, it's super cool. It's really interesting. Like, and you can see you're like, oh, that character that I just talked to five minutes ago is actually taken from this 
this painting over here and oh that house was from this painting but he put it on top of this cow from this other painting and like it's all just really like really interesting the way it's stitched together it he's looks like, really great he's like giving him credit then it's actually oh it's, yeah he, t- he tells you exactly where they're from and in fact yeah. that even becomes part of the game because um one of the parts where i got stuck was you needed to have some actual knowledge of renaissance painting um all the answers are in the game so if you go to this museum and click on the paintings you'll you'll figure it out eventually but um, that's like part of the game as well, like knowing like, oh, what is the name of this painting? And like, where is this person from and what are they doing? So that's pretty interesting. But so that's just half of the appeal of this game. It looks great. I just love the way it looks. Can't get over it. The other half of this game that is really appealing is it is really funny. It is really, really funny. We just talked about Dungeon of Nahobyuk at the beginning of the show. That is a perfect example of a game that is 100% not funny. That game has <laughs> like, I didn't laugh even once. It, it offended me how not funny that game was. This procession to cavalry is the opposite. I was constantly laughing at how funny it was. The jokes were like way over the top, absurd. Some of them were like really nasty. Some of them were just really clever. Some of it was visual jokes by the way that he selected certain images to be on top of each other. Yeah. Um, really good stuff. Some of this, I, so fair warning. Um, some of this stuff is, is a little bit dark, uh, you know, with the subject material, there's a lot of church stuff in the game. We're in medieval times. So there's a few, points in the game where i was like he's not gonna do that joke oh he did that joke and it was like like maybe one notch too far i will say that pedophilia comes up a couple times in this game so just fair warning fair warning but jokes are really funny i laughed a ton and it's so absurd and i think the absurdity of the script goes hand in hand with like the absurdity of the visuals um so you you i'm not gonna say too much about the story it's a very short game you can probably finish the whole thing maybe like three hours it's quick play uh but you do go on this quest and you have to talk to a bunch of people. The puzzles, I think three quarters of the puzzles are really, really good. They're pretty straightforward and quote unquote simple in the fact that they make sense if you keep a sense of humor in mind. The puzzles at the very end, I felt like were a little bit too much for me, for my simple brain. And I had to go look up an FAQ a couple times. That's okay. I kind of expect that when it comes to point and click. I'm not the perfect guy for that anyway. But the thing that I really want to talk about, though, the thing that I think is super, super, super amazing and will put this game over the top to me is that. Carlos, have you ever played a point-and-click game and you're faced with some problem? Like some guy's like, yeah, I'm standing in front of this door and you can't get past me because I don't want to move and you need to go get me a cat hair mustache and a banana sandwich and whatever else. Go find it in the world and when you get these items, come back. And you're like, fuck you. I just want to walk past. You've had that feeling, right? I've been exactly there and had to get that banana sandwich. Exactly, right? So that's the thing that I hate about point-and-click games. I fucking hate it. I hate it when it's just like the stupidest fucking barrier that would never be a barrier in real life but it's a barrier because it's a point-and-click game. And that's one reason why I don't generally like these games. Mm -hmm. In this game, which is fucking amazing, your person has a sword, and whenever you get to a problem and someone's like, can you please get me a banana sandwich? You're like, fuck you, no. You just kill them, and you move on. Oh, that's great. You just fucking kill them, and you move on. Now, I will say, there are consequences to this. It's not a free pass, right? But the very fact that every time someone blocks your fucking way and you're like, you're stupid, and I don't want to do your puzzle... You can just kill them and move on. I mean, I played the game through twice. One time I did it legit and solved all the puzzles. And the next time I just fucking killed everybody. And it was a hoot. I loved doing that. And it just was like payback for all those years of shitty point and click games. It was amazing. I was actually just going to say a hoot as soon as you said a hoot. It sounds like a hoot. And also, welcome to the future, baby. Like where games have new different solvable air you know ways right yes yes because i think that's when we talk about emergent gameplay we talk about ai the thing that i want so badly in my npcs um just evolving the form 
where you know you don't have to do it, like you said be stuck because this is the trope or this is the way it's been done before yes, yes. i love it i love it well, speaking of emergent gameplay, I really enjoyed it when my my sword was emerging into their torso and they got oh. out of my fucking way. So yes, Emerged I love the that. Other side. There you go, exactly. Uh, Procession to Cavalry is great. I'm playing it on Xbox. It's designed for a mouse, but it works just fine with a controller. No problem there. Looks great. It's a fun play. It's a short play. I had a blast. I love it. And if you are maybe like me and you don't care for the point and click so much, but you like maybe the weird ones like I do. 100% you should check this out. I think it's, it's it's so fun. It's just a blast. I'm adding it to my wish list right now. It's on sale. So by the time this episode goes up, uh, it's on sale on Steam for us people who play video games on their PC, unlike Brad Galloway. Uh, unlike me. $7.99 right now. Oh, man. That is a, you steal. must buy it. You Literally, must buy it. Literally, you're stealing price. it. Like a painting. Yeah. Like a fake painting or a painting. This game is not in the public domain yet, so please pay that $7.99. <laughs> nice. yeah. Get that game. It is 100%. I guarantee you will laugh. You will you will laugh unless you have like a heart made of coal. It's a really funny game. And it's hard to do. We've talked about it before on the show, and I do comedy. It's hard to make people laugh, especially in games. Uh, it's on my list. That's it. I'm picking it up. Seven ninety nine. Done. Excellent. Oh, by the way, the, the developer's name is Joe Richardson. It's one guy. Yes. I do not know Joe Richardson, but good job, Joe. I love what you've done, and I look forward to your next work. Well, I do know Joe Richardson, and we share banana sandwiches very like every Tuesday. So <laughs> I, I don't he's, believe you. Know. He's pretty nice. I don't believe it. That is the Procession to Cavalry. It's on PC. It's on Xbox. I believe it's also on Switch, but don't play it on Switch. You need the bigger screen. There's a lot of details, the text and stuff. Just just play it on Xbox. Play it on PC. Don't play it on Switch. Okay, Carlos, Scarlet Nexus. We talked about this last week. I was not sold on the demo. I decided to give it a pass, but you liked the demo. You went for it. This is a third person behind the back, kind of real-time action-y anime inspired sort of a thing coming from bandai namco or is it namco bandai i can never get that right either way yeah either way uh scarlet nexus is the new thing for people who like their flavor of anime game so do tell us all about it sir yeah we played the demo and then after the demo i was playing the demo you said like i don't know if you want to get it you maybe think about it for a minute and so i i finished the demo and yeah i had a good time with it and i could see how it could be too hard at times but we'll get to that uh but at the same time i like the again moment to moment action rpg gameplay and for me that's what it's all about when i play an action rpg i really like the story a lot and it's a huge uh part to move the story forward but for me i, I need i need a good dodge i need a good little attack and again you feel good you know and this thing is really interesting kind of like we just talked about where it you know your game you talked about just now, whatever I forgot what it was called, Caravan something. <laughs> which which one I already forgot about? about it. What's what's the name of it? Procession of Calvary. Oh, Procession yeah. to Cal- uh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what game did I just talk about? Uh, yeah, you're like Procession to Cavalry. Yes, no dodge rolling in Procession. When to you said you could kill people, and that's like a different way to handle a problem. Oh, so amazing. In this one, there's different ways of doing combat, um, like a few different, really interesting ways that I've never done before. And I've been playing. We play all the games. We play and literally all the games. In the demo, I felt that. I was like, oh, I've never done those moves in a game, which I'll explain to you in a second. And for that reason alone, I was like, this seems really this fun. This kind of sounds like you're setting up like a, like a story about your first date or something. You know, like, oh, I've never tried these moves before. Like, this is a, something I've no, never, never that, experienced. No, those moves in, didn't work. Those moves oh. didn't work, okay? I was, is this like a little confessional? Are we going to get like a little look inside your personal life here? No, and we can. I'm very open. But... <laughs> 
This this is more like moves that did work, but in a really interesting way that I wasn't expecting. So what is this game? It's straight up an anime. Like if you don't like anime, don't play this game. It's almost too anime for me because there's a lot of dialogue and the dialogue is told in a very interesting way, which is through these um, panels of like artwork, right? Which isn't too different from the genre. You have talking heads, they're talking to each other and they're not, you know, full motion. But they do a really interesting thing where these panels like are in 3D space and they move around a lot. And so it's like a comic. Like, you ever played those animated comics that Marvel has? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Where like a, a panel will come in all of a sudden. Yes. And exactly. like another panel will be, come in. So it's like kind of really moving the whole world around. And then they'll do lip syncing. Then they'll do some movement with the characters. So it's kind of a nice mixture. Um, but there's a lot of talking. And I'll tell you about the story in a second. But in general, the delivery of that dialogue, when it's between companions and when it's kind of like light talk, it's so corny, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, that girl, she's she's like um, really strong. Yeah, I was going to tell her how strong she was. You, well, you should. Yeah, she's so cool. Hey, wait, do you like her? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, she's pretty God. cool. Like Just hearing you talk about it is like giving me hives. That was one of the things I really didn't like about the demo was the throwaway dialogue. Right, right. So that's in there. But there's also other good dialogue, too. It's a very interesting mix of a game. Uh, but in general, that's there. So be if you're averse to that, like you can skip those cutscenes. You know, there's definitely cutscenes that you don't want to skip, and I think there's really interesting stuff being said by the characters. Um, but there are definitely some cringe moments. And you text everybody, so you have all these companions, and you text them, and those texts can get kind of cringy as well. But here's the story. So you are a wow. You're just like a super specialized soldier type, and there's a few of you that have powers like in this world, right? You and other people are chosen or born into the idea of being these uh, soldiers that fight the things called the Others. And the Others are part of what uh, drew me to this game. The art style is beautiful. I think it's a really cool anime art style. And the Others are these monsters, uh, and they are really weird creations, like women's legs with a plant body or plant head. (laughs) And like um, really weird, grotesque, like, things underneath armor that look like yo-yos for some reason and they're just moving around or then there's like insect creatures that they're actually all really interesting looking think um think uh what's it called bloodborne a little okay you know like they're kind of like over the top really intricate designed monsters and also silent hill remember pyramid head sure sure, sure. so stuff like that like you're like what, how is that? I didn't even ever think about that idea. Like, you know, that's a weird creation, like from your nightmare. It reminded me of a uh, persona a little bit also. A little persona, bit of persona. Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. And actually, um, what's that movie? Paprika. Oh, okay. Yeah. Paprika, yeah. Where yes. like, where like, like dream enemies, like enemies yes, you'd see in yes. your dreams. So that's all going on that your whole idea is you're a soldier in this kind of little small infantry unit that, uh, basically is specialized to fight these others. And you're, I won't go into the intricacies of the full-on story, but you have to investigate a bunch of different, you know, disturbances where these others are, go fight them. There's some classic action RPG stuff, leveling up, making your, you know, map. You have a, like, a, a skill tree, but then you also have a brain map tree, so you can, like, work on different skills uh, that you can upgrade. I mean, there's so many skills and really, really meaningful ones. Like, one is, like, you can do a different type of attack when you're in the air. One is, like, you can do... 
um, you know, different types of telekinetic powers. And the other interesting thing about this game and what I was alluding to is that each one of these characters that are on these, like, um, this force have different um, special, like, psi abilities or powers. And yours is telekinesis. So basically anything in the world, and whenever you're walking around the world, you can, like, use R2. I'm playing on the PS5. And you can, like, basically levitate objects in the air and hit your enemies with them. And, and that part is so interesting because it's very nuanced where, yeah, you can do that and hit them with it for damage. But then you can, if you do that and then hit them right after, you get kind of a combo going. And then you can hold down the attack button and the telekinesis button, and it'll hit them again with another object. And you can kind of like double up on that. Then I'm just realizing there's going to be too much to explain. There's so many different <laughs> mechanics in this game. But it's, I know it sounds like I'm, it's kind of a chore to explain them to you, but they all feel really good. And how it does on the controller with some of the haptic feedback, which I know you don't care for, I think just feels great. Like the rumbling of picking up a, a t an object in space and throwing it at the enemy, and then when it hits the enemy, you feel that in the controller. And then there's like a super special move. You can hit L2 and do like an overpower move where you just kill the guy. And everything in the game feels great, okay? I think feels great. And then every... Uh, companion you're with, they have their own ability mapped to something, a button on the controller. So let's say this one girl has fire powers. So similar to Mass Effect, they're just doing their own thing, but you can use their powers whenever you want, and they um, adhere to your body, right? So if you're just using a sword and you use the fire lady, now yeah. your sword is a fire sword. Gotcha. Uh, other, other things are really interesting, like puzzles. Like, say monsters disappear, because they do that, some of them. And you use the one woman's power and you can see them again, right? Or another person, you can, you can go invisible and strike enemies because they, they can't see you and do like double damage. If this sounds confusing, it is. But weirdly enough, all of it is very intuitive. And I just don't think works for a podcast <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud. Because there are so many systems and I can't tell you why. It's super addictive, they just all work. It's like I feel like I'm in the Matrix. What's a game that you've played recently or that we've talked about in the podcast where when you do the combat, you just feel like you're in the zone? Gosh, I mean, I can't name one off the bat, but I know what you're talking about. Like when it just all comes together, like you're kind of just playing it. It feels like you're doing instinctual. Yes. You're not thinking about it too hard and it's all Neo, just happening. Probably Neo yeah. for you, I would say, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Neo's pretty good. Sure. sure. I mean, like it, you, you, when you look back at one of those battles, right, with a boss or something, you're like, how do I even do that? Well, that's how I feel in this game. Like I'm like using sometimes you have four companions with you and they just kind of come in and out of gameplay. You don't choose, by the way. They just kind of as as the story goes, the companions join you, you know. Okay. And so you have like different powers at different times in the in the game. And I'm just like using them all perfectly and you know, it just feels like um I'm Matrix, you know, and, and it feels really fun. So, long story short, I love the combat. I think it's really fun and addictive. Uh, I think that the weapons and kind of upgrades on like what, what weapons you can have are shit. So that's like the only, <laughs> the shittiest thing of the game. I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> yeah, I know it came out of the field, but here's what happens. There's all these shops everywhere and they don't really change until like items are like you, I guess a story part happens. So when you go to the shops, they're all the same items and it like literally as soon as it upgrades, then you're like, Oh, there's my sword. That's better. You know? It's yeah, like yeah. it's like so basic, 
like, oh, I'll just buy the thing that now is available. And of course, it's the thing that I need. So I, course, I, yeah. I despise that part of the game. Like, it just is very, very boring. But it's the moment to moment gameplay is what I'm here for. I'm playing it on my Cosmic Red controller or Scarlet Red controller. And I'm really having a fun time. I know that was a lot <laughs> to explain. But it's really fun. I mean, that makes sense. I, you know, I played the demo. It wasn't for me because, number one, I'm not an anime guy. And whenever... I mean, it, it's not like I'm against that whole art style in general, but like it's, it's got to be really like special to stand out to me because I feel like a lot of anime kind of just kind of blends together. I don't I don't see um, I'm sure people are screaming at me right now, but for me, like a lot of it doesn't really stand out. Like I need something really special. So this seemed to me like visually kind of generic anime style. Uh, and the dialogue was like really what killed it for me, man. Like when they start doing like you have this phone with the text on it. I'm like, I don't want to read these texts because it's just like meaningless chatter. And like when they start doing the talking about just like you said, oh, I like you. Do you like me? Are you a nice person? I'm a nice person. Well, let's talk about teen teenager stuff because we're teenagers. I was like, oh, fuck. No, like, fuck. Hit the power button. I got to I got to bail out of this. So the dialogue, I think, was really impossible for me to get past. But, you know, I did play some of the combat and it seemed OK. Like, I'm not generally like a, a character action guy in the sense of like Devil May Cry or something like this, where you're doing combos and running around and jumping and dodging. Not generally my jam, but that seemed OK. But yeah. I think uh, I think if you like this kind of game, there's probably a lot of there for you. But for me, eh, there's too many too many places where it does not fall into my basket. I think two two more things. Now that I have a couple of my thoughts together. Uh, by the way, I had almost no notes for this. That's why it might have been a little scattered, <laughs> just right out of my brain, like a like a brain map in the game. Direct feed, which is only a joke for people who play the game. So two things because of what you just said. One, the dialogue changes pretty drastically because really bad shit happens. Pretty okay. soon. And I think okay. it's good for people to know that because, yes, I was getting tired of like, do you like her? I like her. Uh, and that happens in the beginning of the game. And then some crazy shit happens because it is a really twisted kind of story with these weird monsters and, you know, who are you and why do you have powers and what does this all mean? Where are you? Oh, and there's also amazing, you might have said generic, but there's some amazing backgrounds. There's a movie Inception, I think. And like there was like the world on in the sky. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's moments that look like that. There's just really beautifully fucked up like a dream. Like there's really worlds that look like dreams. So in this weird world, you're like, what is all this? It starts getting dark and I'll just say it's minor spoiler. Characters start dying. So you're like, oh, okay, well the dating thing's going to have to be put on fucking hold. (laughs) Because, you know, that person just died. Whoops. Yeah. So there's some crazy fucking Silent Hill dark shit that happens and i love it so put that with a grain of salt well see i wish i would have known some of that because i know right if if that had been in the i mean okay it's a demo so of course you gotta just you don't give it a small slice or something but like knowing that it would be like a darker story that they would get to like maybe some more meaningful dialogue that would have done a lot to kind of sell me more on it but because i was thinking it was going to be just like this light fluffy anime bullshit all the way through and i just don't have time for that but like hearing you talk about it now i'm like oh okay well maybe this is interesting I do like the darker stories. I do like, you know, the meaningful stuff. And if that's in with the combat and all that, which I thought was already, you know, okay to begin with, maybe that, maybe that's a go, you know, but like, you know, I guess you can't just jump into the heavy stuff, which is interesting because I'm going to bring up that exact same point in the very next game we're going to talk about. Ah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think the way you start off really has a big 
big impact. And for me, starting off with the light, you know, Namby Pamby kind of uh, anime bullshit just did not work for me. No, and you're right. And that's, I guess, probably my main criticism because the weapons, whatever, it's an RPG, you know. You yeah, get, like, yeah, yeah. But this one is probably the biggest complaint for me, too, because it's not even just, it takes a long time. I've been playing this game for maybe six, seven hours. Okay. And I think for the first two hours, it's it feels, what'd you call it? Mamby Pamby? Is that is that okay to say? As soon as I said that, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I never heard. I mean, maybe that's maybe that. I should look. Should we Google it? I'm gonna. Yeah, I better Google that because that might not be a cool thing to say anymore. I'm not even sure. Okay, let's look it up. We'll do a retraction. Okay. So the other thing that's very very cool that I did not mention, like like I said, the combat is different, and I and I alluded. I was like, the telekinesis feels good. It just feels different. Weird. Okay, wait, wait. I gotta retract it. I gotta retract it. Okay. I thought I thought it meant stupid, and I'm looking it up right here, and it says lacking energy. Lacking strength or courage, which is fine, but then it also says feeble or effeminate, which maybe so maybe that's a gay slur. I don't want to say. Oh, that. So okay. Let me take that back. I didn't okay. realize that was the other uh, connotation to that, so I apologize. That was not my intention, and I'm going to take that back, and I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to say that that lightweight anime stuff instead. Yes, so I apologize. Yeah. I, I did not mean to have any kind of um, homophobic speech at all, and if you know that my bad, and I didn't realize what that whole term mentally so no we walk that back we walk and, back. and and for the record i only said it because you said it hey oh um <laughs> don't throw me under the bus i, I threw just you got out from under the bus under the bus hey that's a perfect segue my other thing i want to talk about was buses <laughs> for real it really is it actually is it's about buses and trains so in this game not only you can do telekinesis and you can see i'm excited there's the L2 button on my PS5, and the right, the right, right two is the telekinesis. L2 is when you find special items in the world. You can like super heavy things or weird things. You can levitate them, and then you have to do like a uh, something with your analog sticks, like push them or spin them or do whatever, and it can do like super heavy damage to the enemies. One of them is like a subway car. And you can levitate it and control it, and it literally your character jumps on the subway car and you ride it into the enemies, <laughs> which funny. feels like Devil May Cry actually. Uh, and then there's another one where like you pick up like metal things all around the, like a construction site, and you spin them, and as you're moving the the right analog stick around, it's literally spinning them in space and hitting the enemy. I mean, I have never done some of the stuff they're doing with like a telekinesis power. Um, and by the way, one of them was a bus and you can literally steer it, like drive it around and like, uh, and make it explode when you want. So hmm. it's again, the minute to minute gameplay, even if it gets into that lightweight talk again, um, even though it's pretty dark right now, I, I'll see it through that because it's just really, really fun. You know? Interesting. Interesting. All right, cool. Well, why don't you report back after you put some more time into it and we'll see how we end up. I'm not going to slot it for myself right now uh but you know if you feel like it's worth it maybe i'll check it out maybe i'll game fly it or something like that we'll see. okay all right that was scarlet nexus you're playing on what ps5 ps5 i love the haptic feedbacks and i believe it's on every platform right now one final game uh to go uh this is another one very much like procession to cavalry which i was very excited to play on pc but i didn't want to play it on pc so i waited and i waited and i waited and i waited didn't think it was ever going to come and this week, it arrived. My patience paid off. It is Doki Doki Literature Club. Just uh, came to consoles. Have you heard of this one, Carlos? You yeah, must we have. talk about it in the show all the time. And I go, I don't understand this. And you go, I love it. And then I go, I don't understand it again. That's what happens. This is, so again, PC only. It came out, I think, in 2017. So I had to wait quite a while. Uh, but, um, so, okay. So what is it? It's a visual novel 
made famous on PC because it subverts expectations. I'm trying to be very careful about what I say because this is a short game. I think it's only maybe like four, four hours, maybe six hours, probably not even that long, probably like more like four hours. Uh, so it's a short experience and there's a lot to spoil and I don't want to spoil it. And I will say uh, that I've been spoiled in this game forever. I just played it this week, but I was spoiled on it like two weeks after it came out in 2017. So I already knew everything there was to know about this game, uh, but I was still interested in playing it. So I'm not going to talk a lot about it because on the off chance that anybody is listening to this podcast and has not been spoiled yet, I will not spoil you. Uh, but, but here's what I'll say. Before you start, which yes. I always, I'll always do to you, I stop you in the middle. Yeah, yeah, go, go. Um, I'm, I'm going to retract my statement um, and say that I was thinking of a different game. I was thinking of Danganronpa. Whatever the fuck it's called. Dangan Romcom? No, that's a different one. <laughs> Dangan, what's it called? Dangan Rompa. Yeah, that one's the one that you mention on the show all the time, and I go, I still don't understand what that game is. This game is a game I have played. Okay, you have played this one. Okay, so yeah. we're not going to spoil anything. And I know exactly what you mean now about the yes. spoiler. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so, so here's, this, here, yeah. here's what I can safely say. It is a 2D, hand-drawn, anime-flavored visual novel. Uh, which in itself is not enough to get me to play this. There's a lot of visual novels. I'm not super big on the anime ones unless the writing is great. Uh, and this one starts off basically as like kind of a dating sim. You play a guy who is going to this high school, your best friend who's obviously in love with you from the very beginning, wants you to join her club. It's the literature club. Uh, you're like, why would I join that? It's about books. Books are boring. Uh, but you join the club and there's three other girls in this club. They're all equally cute in different ways. You've got your taller slightly more curvaceous one you've got your really short one who looks like a little girl which is weird come on anime stop doing that and at the beginning of the game it says every character is over the age of 18 yeah i call bullshit on that they don't look like they're over 18 i find that to be kind of weird another reason why i don't do a lot of anime um but basically you join the literature club and then it's about who do you want to spend time with who do you talk to who do you like the most and it's kind of a dating sim but it goes places right and it doesn't that's not what it's all about, and I don't want to say any more because I'm sure there's at least a couple of you listening who have not been spoiled. Please don't look it up. Please don't spoil yourself because it's a pretty big spoiler, the stuff that happens. Just go play it if you are interested in this at all. Um, it's, it's, it's hard, though, because full disclosure, if I didn't know what this game was and I just played it, I guarantee you I would have quit before I got to the good part because it starts off like generic dating sim, like... The tropey kind of bullshit dialogue that we just talked about in Scarlet Nexus, where it's like, oh, uh, I'm upset today. And why are you upset? And oh, my cupcakes didn't turn yeah. out right. And oh, why not? Because the, the frosting was too pink. And like, oh, blah, 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 blah. It was like, oh, my God. Like the first, like full disclosure, the first 90 minutes, I'm like, okay, this sucks. It goes and on I, a long time, doesn't it? I it does. That. It goes on a little bit too long. It goes on a little bit too long. Uh, I mean, there's a reason they do it. I feel like maybe it could be shorter. They could get to the good stuff a little sooner, perhaps. Uh, so just, just know that, right? Like if you're not an anime dating sim person, if you don't like the anime style dialogue where it's just like cotton candy waitlist and I'm not, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> I definitely would have quit it. I guarantee you, I would have quit it before I got to the good part, but I hung in there because I already knew what the spoiler was. Right. So I just kept playing. And when I got to the good part, I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. This is the good part. And this, I can see why people like this now. This is cool. But I had to get through like 90 minutes of like bullshit and it was tough. So anyway, I'm not going to spoil it. Don't read up about it. Don't spoil yourself. But if you are interested in a visual novel that absolutely turns into something else before the end of it and throws you for a couple loops, 
I think it's a great experience. It's a quick play. It's like maybe two, three hours, eh, maybe four hours. Uh, if you just go through it and you have the, the text speed on the max speed like I do because I'm a speedy reader. Uh, you'll just get through it and it's a good time. I think it's interesting. It does some interesting stuff. Uh, there's a little bit about it that was clearly meant to be on a PC because that's where it was originally from. But they've done a good job of changing that to adapt to consoles. I think it really works well. And overall, I had a great time with it. I'm really glad I got to play it. And I definitely recommend it. So I think it's it's a cool thing that I'm not going to spoil. And you got to get through like 90 minutes of blah. But it's worth it. I have two things to say about it. One, um, yeah, I, I, it was made for PC because there's some PC-specific stuff uh, yes, in the yes. story kind of. And then secondly, um, it says it's DLC, this version. But I'm reading an article on GameSpot. And it says it doesn't really change anything. So. It's interesting, yeah. So uh, the DLC is actually completely separate side stories um, that you can unlock by doing specific things in the main game, like depending on which choices you make or whatever. Um, but yeah, the side story stuff I didn't even bother with because I didn't care about the dialogue because it's just more of the dialogue that I don't like, right? Like it's about that I'm your friend and you're my friend and we're true friends and blah, blah, blah. Like I, did, I don't care about that stuff. Like I'm, that's not what I'm here for. Uh, so I didn't dip into any of that stuff. And it doesn't have any any bearing on the main game at all. Um, so you can just basically ignore it if you if you want to ignore it. But if you like that stuff and you like the characters, you want more from them, there's a couple. I think there's like four side stories in there that are just complete side stories, have nothing to do with the main campaign. Well, and I will say this. I think I'm trying. This is weird. I'm pretty sure I beat it because I know I'm getting flashes. <laughs> I'm sure you must have. It's creepy so short. flashes. Yeah. But I think. I might have to go back just so I can make sure I know the ending ending. But because um, I did play this a while ago. This came out a while ago. Five years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Five years ago. So I do have to refresh my memory. But I, I think I remember not liking part of the stuff that changes in it. Because maybe we should save it for the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not spoil there's there's it, but... something I didn't like about it, which is weird to me. Because now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, there was something that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, it's very possible. There are some... There are some issues that come up, and there is some content that comes up that you may not be expecting if you think it's just no. Be... It wasn't that I wasn't expecting no? it. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. more that I didn't like what something happened. So yeah, let's yeah, revisit it sure. someday. Maybe do a spoiler episode. I, I'm, I think I might go replay it just so I know the ending. Yeah, I mean, I will also say just really quickly. Um, you know, I think a big part of this game's fame was that it was sold just as a straight across dating sim. I don't think they really talked about the surprises that were in store. And so a lot of people were caught by surprise when things did happen. Yeah. And I think that's a cool way to experience it. Right. And also in terms of visual novels themselves, this one is pretty simple. Like I expected honestly a lot more choices and there's very little choice. It's really narr- It's really um, uh, narratively linear. You can do a couple little choices, but like, I honestly thought there was going to be way more like, you know, ABC choices or like different paths to go down. It's pretty linear in general. So it's a quick play. You can just jump in, get the experience, jump out, like finish it like in a day, honestly. You can, I, so. I have two things to say that are going to be negative, but Uh-oh. I learned it from you. I learned it by oh, watching you. Watching you, yes. <laughs> which is only a reference for us because we're We are old. that old, yes. Um, so you're right. There's not very many choices. The vanilla E-type stuff in the beginning goes on way too long. Way too long. Yes, way and too I, long. And I literally noped out a couple of times. Um, I'll say the stuff that changes, I think now I'm remembering it and getting these flashbacks. Uh, I don't like, actually. I think I oh, don't really? like okay. this game. Yeah, which is so weird. A controversial hot take. And secondly, like Frog Fractions and a bunch of other things, Sometimes you just have to be there in the moment. 
Like, true. I don't true. know if this works anymore. Like, not to be a negative Nelly, uh, which I don't think I can get canceled for saying that. Hopefully, that's not. No, that's okay. I think you're okay. okay on that. <laughs> now, all the Nellies out there are like, you I know, son I of a bitch. Well, we got to have a Google window open because I think I, I don't realize that some of the things that we have incorporated in English language have so many I un, know. unexpected connotations. Just in apologize. general, I'm going to apologize to all Nellies out there. I didn't mean yeah. it. I don't mean they're You're not all negative. Um, to be a negative Carlos. Yeah. I just think that this is um, a moment in time. So I don't know if this, I don't know if this works really. I mean, you, you may be right. You may be right. Although I will say that I did enjoy it. Like, I mean, I thought it was cool and I, I, I'm glad that I got, I finally got to experience it, you know? I mean, and it, it kind of sucks too, because if I didn't know, like I said, at the beginning of the, of the episode, not the, or this, this segment, if I didn't know what it was, I probably wouldn't have played it. But if I didn't know, and I did play it, Boy, I would have been really fucking surprised. So, like, I, I you know, like, it's it's six of one, half dozen the other, right? Like, I yeah. wish there was a way for me to replay this without knowing what happened. But then again, I might not have finished it because I got really fucking bored by the first 90 minutes. But it was worth it. So, I don't know. All I can say is it is definitely a moment from five years ago. But I, I do think there is some value. I had a good time with it. So. All right. Decide All for right. yourself. Doki Doki Literature Club Plus is now on console. It works fine. I like what they've done with it, and it is there for anybody like me who heard about it and never got to play it. That is the end of our show. Those are the games we got. Before we go, really quick shout out to all the people who gave us uh, retweets for the last episode. Love that you do that. Thank you for all the support. Thank shout out you. to Jay Thank Monster, you. one of my uh, nearest and dearest monster hunting buddies from way back in the day. Good guy. Love that guy. Uh, the Stream Helper, thank you very much. Uh, Thorsten Bush, love you, sir. Thank you very much. Mick Stormkiller, who's one of our regulars. He's always there for us. He is tried and true. Love you, Mick. And Matt Sainsbury, uh, who does a lot of visual novel stuff himself. I'm sure he has definitely got an opinion on Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Maybe I shall ask him. Mm -hmm. But he did retweet us last week, so thank you very much. And that's going to do it for this show. Uh, as always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at SoVideoGames, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your folks this week? Uh, YouTube.com slash A Lot of Things. A new episode of A Lot of Things tonight goes up next week, so when you listen to this, it'll be up probably next Tuesday. And also TikTok.com slash A Lot of Things Comedy. Excellent. As for me, same as usual. Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 239. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos. And also, I just realized that your Skype picture is your head is sideways. What's going on, Brad Gallagher? You just now realize that after all this time? Just now. We've been doing this show for a very long time. <laughs> We've done like more Why than 100 episodes. Why can't you just turn it the other way? I don't know how to turn it the other way. Oh, it's, when you I look can't at it do on technology. Desktop, when I look at it on my desktop, it's the right way. And no, when I it post is not. It, to, it is. No, it, it is. is not. When it goes into Skype, it goes sideways. I don't know why it does that. No, that you don't even make any sense. We have to keep this in. What are you talking about when it's on your desktop? Your Skype profile is a picture and your Skype profile picture is sideways. When I have the, like the picture, the JPEG, which I got from another program or whatever, or from a different program, it's, it's normal. Like my head is pointed the right way. And when I import that picture into Skype to use it as my profile picture, it turns sideways. Oh my goodness. Only you. It's my aura. Do what I tell you. My anti-technology aura, man. I don't want to be around it. All right. <laughs> episode's over. Bad juju. No. <laughs> All right. We out. <laughs>